Leaping forward bionically. Truck Jewels. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Geek Down. I am happy. In the house, we have none other than Shayna. And her color-coded twin today, Amanda Panda Bobana. Hi. Banana Fanta. Bobana. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> About to drop that good stuff on us later on, but now I'm also turning it on to a man I don't think you've seen before. Give it up for Gregory Hines. <laughs> I'm kidding, bro. <laughs> now nah, give it up for Capital G, Greg. Thanks for joining us. How you guys doing? And you have the inside stuff, my man, on SNK Anniversary Collection, dude. I'm excited to hear about this. You got some good stuff for us? Yeah, I do. It's a great game. Great collection of games. All right, all right. We're gonna add it for you in just a bit. Also, we are talking about Jin, the new series on Netflix. And dude, I mean, I've always been a fan of like the Middle Eastern supernatural culture. And and this show promised to have some really good tidbits on that. So we'll see what's up in just a bit. Man, my childhood is weeping. Tears of joy. Yeah, we talking about Toy Story 4, y'all. I got the inside stuff on that. I got to check out an advanced screening. And dude, Woo! that's my review, y'all. That's just it. Woo! <laughs> and also, we're talking about a new comic that's celebrating its 15th anniversary. The Ride Burning Desire. And Amanda, you came back to the show. I want to thank you. And we are going to talk about Void Bastards. Void Bastards. This was a special occasion. This this person came from all the way across <laughs> the city. The city. Yeah. <laughs> but right now, I want to kick it over to Shayna to give us the lowdown on the ride, Burning Desire. Well, the ride brings hey, up. Hold on, I'm not going to smolder it. All right, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Ride Burning Desire, the comic celebrating the 15th anniversary of The Ride, which is a, an anthology series by several different comic artists. Mm -hmm. It's like a brief blurb in the comic about the creators talking about how they came up with the idea of this, mm -hmm. which was cool because they were like, we couldn't, we had all these comic artists who were super great, but none of them could commit to a long-term project. So they were like, well, let's make an anthology series and how can we make this successful mm. yep so the artists rotate they come in and out they do their specific character driven part of their story and go about their way so it's, it's an interesting way to doing a comic and this is the 15th anniversary and so they did a 15 years later jump of the main story like I haven't read all of the ride. I went back and read the first two. Um, you start by meeting a ex-cop, mm -hmm. and her last name was Vega. Blanking on her first name right now. Yeah, you start yeah. meeting Savannah, Samantha Vega. She's a cop. cop. Well, uh, ex-cop. Because she's recently out of jail. She just spent 15 years in a very hardcore jail. The way they describe it make it sound like, like you know, like... Uh, Alcatraz back in the day. Like, that's the way they described Alcatraz. the jail that she came out of. No, I like that, though. They got that. It's like that old school, no, man, this is not just a prison. This is the, the prison. prison. <laughs> this comic isn't super long. It's actually about 33 pages, mm -hmm. and like five of them are an interview with the creators. Yeah, it's, I mean, <laughs> they try to do an interesting thing where it's like you have the story, and it's told pretty quick. A lot of it comes through in dialogue. Which, honestly, I didn't hate this, but I thought the dialogue was a little corny. What they're trying to do is, for anyone who's a fan of the original run of The Ride, A Burning Desire has interviews and words from the creators, which is cool, but it's just like, this wasn't a trade. This is like an issue. Yeah. And they're taking up a good quarter of the issue, which is like, and now some fan service. Like, what if I wasn't a fan? What if I just want to, you know, hear this cast story before, and then I'll become a fan? Like, it's like if you ever read those old comic books, like, the, the back half of the book was ads and then Stan's soapbox, if you read yeah. Marvel. And I was like, I don't know who Stan is. Why do I care? What He's selling soap? You know, I don't, I don't know. Why. <laughs> I'm, I'm sad, you know? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, so it's like, I mean, I, I'm not, I don't want to fault him for that yeah, too, no, like, like, too much, because but it's a thing. Because this is an anniversary, this is clearly for people who have been reading the series and, like, who are in, already invested. So that background information would probably mean more to an invested viewer. So I probably wouldn't recommend this one to people, but I would recommend the original run of it. Yeah, I had a first. similar reaction. I'm, re I'm reading the story, and the thing is, I'm, 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 I'm digging the way they played out uh, Samantha Vega's story. And it's just like, mm -hmm. if you weren't 
up on uh, the previous books. It gives kind of a uh, kind of a background cliff notes where it's like it's not evident what happened to her before, but if you pay attention to the um, to the dialogue, you can piece together that in the old ones, her partner was killed, and you know part of the ride is the chase. You know that's one of the mythology lines. And in through line to all the stories mm -hmm. is a connection to American muscle cars, yeah. which I kind of love. So it's. <laughs> So I, I'm down with that particular through line because that's what I like about anthologies. If they have one connecting fiber, that's all it needs. Yeah, we were talking about the Cornetto trilogy earlier. earlier. One yeah. connect, yep. connecting fiber of these random ass stories. Well, this one is, you know, you got that, you got that muscle. You, you can almost hear it in the background. The throbbing. I'm throbbing right now even. Like you really have to pay attention to the dialogue in, in the exchange. It's Trying to understand why there's a deaf child in the in the not strip club, but the exotic dancer club. Yes, yes. The dance. The interpretive dance of oh. the exotic nature. It's, it's a fetish club. They yeah, tiptoe all a, around a, that. It's, it's, it's a fetish it's club. definitely a fetish And I, I do like that. I mean, I do think that could, that was kind of wasted. They could have played that up for like some and solid like comedy. And they didn't. Yeah, they, like, they address it, but they address it to progress the story. I'm like, but, but there's a dude walking around just like Sailor Moon. Can we talk about yeah. this? <laughs> oh you got parts hanging out. There's a sparkly unicorn on a pole. Just the twirling it. Someone say something. Like a person <laughs> in a unicorn suit? Yes. Okay, not like a legit horse with no, a no, horn no. It's on a pole. It's a person dressed as okay. a yeah, At the same time, okay. you have like a person in a furry in a, suit. Yes. Okay, At the same right. time, you have the unicorn <laughs> I was just on the like, pole. Wow, that unicorn's got some skill. And, and then there's like a cat woman in latex. Mm -hmm. and okay, like the staples. And a dude with like bunny ears. Yeah, they do a fun, and... uh, funny thing with the, with, the, with the burly dude. It's just like at one point he's like, ah! Well, a gun is flung in his direction. I won't say how for you know, spoilers, but it's just a quick you know moment where it's like, uh, in like three panels, he's like, I don't like guns! A gun is flung at him. He's like, I don't like guns! <laughs> um, and he just like the, the, the quick military like you know breaks it apart and like you know uh, uh, removes the slider, uh, unloads the clip and like drops it back. I'm like, damn! I'm, for someone who doesn't like guns, you seem to know an awful lot about him. Yeah. I love that your default was that he had that really high voice. <laughs> in your mind, in your mind, you I mean, interpreted I mean, I mean, that it was a high pitch. Like, I, mean, <laughs> since I didn't read the ride or or this this anniversary uh, this anniversary collection. But with a name like Burning Desire, is 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 that part of the title pretty much? Are you deriving that from the interview sections with the authors who are talking that about is, them? That's a question because to me the highlight I got was about survival, and then the next story, which funny enough is starring the sparkly unicorn. You're welcome. <laughs> whose name is Sparkles, by the way. I mean, hey, when you glitter, yeah. So, which, um, now I don't know if this is the person who was dancing in the club or not, but- But whoever is now donning went, Sprinkles, yes, the unicorn. With, yes. With, excuse me, excuse me. Sparkles, the unicorn. Sparkles, <laughs> sparkles, sprinkles. Um, sprinkles is a whole different animal. Let's not, let's not. Let's not. <laughs> let's like, hey, oh, it's the same to me. <laughs> like, she, well the, per, well, the person who does down it in the secondary story is, um, trying to help her sister get away from an abusive husband who's a cop. And okay. things... he wears a he wears a, a fuzzy cat uniform, hey. blue. And he kidnaps her, locks her up in a thing, and she dons the sparkles outfit to get very violent revenge. And like again, it's like a survival moment. So I I assume that's what the burning desire is to survive. Um, cause yeah, otherwise I have no idea. There's something there. You are also. There's something about titles, man. People usually have a thought process when they put a title, especially if they yeah. add a subtitle. Does that There's a theme. There's an idea. And I mean, they don't you said that, word? and you said that the word? theme of this or the thread in this is cars. Word? What, what's, the, what's, the, what's the theme behind Freddy Got Fingered? Daddy would like some sausage. Alright, so the book is, the book is called The Ride. Burning Desire. It's out now. Um, you can find it on Comicsology. You can find it on any of your, any or any of your uh, favorite comic streaming services. Mm -hmm. um, I'm actually giving this a thumbs up. It's not that I had a bad time reading. I actually enjoyed it when it got to the point, and the artwork was solid. I really love yeah, like the, the use of color in this. Okay. Yeah, I'm thumbs up. I I'm not saying I I don't necessarily for new readers to go for this one, but the entire series I would say go for. It. All right. Well, hold on. Let's talk about Toy Story. You mean you mean the touchstone of our childhood? Yeah, dude. Toy sort Story of. is like one of the things that I remember existing as long as I've been an animation fan. Almost as long as I've been an animation fan. 
This is the story, of course, of Andy's toys, uh, who we know, uh, who we grew up with. Now a lot of us grew up with some of the younger audiences just kind of knows a thing. But Woody, the cowboy, Buzz Lightyear, the spaceman. Mr. Potato Head, the Mr. Potato, Potato Head. Head yeah. yeah. Uh, this is the story of Andy's toys um, now settling into their new life uh, with their new owner, their new Bonnie. kid, Bonnie. And I emphasize kid because they've given that a, um, kind of a new dimension in this movie. Uh, now, when a new, co- no, new toy called Forky uh, is thrown into the mix, this one, this, this was, this was interesting. Uh, Woody and the gang, yeah, Woody and the gang take a sudden road trip now. Um, and dude, this goes way out of its way to expand like how toys exist in the world, and kind of like the politics of being a toy, and then the factors of being a to- of existing in a toy in this world of humans, and then do we have kids? Are we lost? It's I don't know. It's kind of existential. Yeah, I was about to say this I got mean, real wasn't deep. The last one kind of existential. Like, well, I mean, they yeah, were facing they, they, their. They were looking at mortality. Yes, in they that. were. Looking yeah. it in the face. Literally. They've gone way <laughs> out of their <laughs> way. Oh, don't, don't remind me. Come on, don't do that. Oh. Don't do that. In Toy Story three, if anyone hasn't seen this, the, the movie, it like starts off as this happy fun you know sequel about toys that we've seen that we we have emotional attachments to, and it ends with like one of the most gut-wrenching right. emotional scenes and I, like I, I all but yelled at the screen in the movie theater as that was out I was like no what no no wait what are we doing <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing why are you doing this? Oh, man. you but don't the- you're not supposed to do that in the movie theater by the way don't don't do that. Yeah, that, that, I did it. That's pretty bad. You you I, I, I wouldn't, put, wouldn't put that past you though. So I'm, I'm just saying. I just I wasn't yeah. expecting it to go so hard in oh, that yeah. moment. Like when when the evil Care Bear like betrayed them and did not help them out. The um... sorry, the minute I saw him, I'm like, oh no, you're not good at all. Oh, you thought Illato? I thought Lato was gonna. I thought Lato was gonna be I'm like, like, you got that cute mark on your tushy tush. Like, mm-hmm, sure, show enough. I'm like, no, you bad. Like, oh. Okay, you had Lotto picked. I thought Lotto fooled me. Nope. There is no Lotto in this one. In this uh, picture, the, um, I guess, primary antagonist, even though she's indirect. She's like a a gang leader, but that's not the whole story, which I was kind of surprised by, because they kind of split this into into two or three different different avenues there, uh, is Gabby Gabby. Yep. Gabby Gabby is uh, one of the new toys that's introduced in this, and she's got an agenda that might mean some serious trouble for uh, for our pals there. I like that they've um, brought this into the new generation where it's like, yeah, they're they they the toys know they're no longer Andy's toys, you know, and they're trying to adjust to their new situation. And a lot of them are, uh, some of them are having an easier time than others, you know. They're now. Bonnie's toys. Bonnie is their kid. And what being a kid, uh, excuse me, what being a toy means that has a kid is your existence is to make that kid happy. So when Bonnie doesn't have the same attachment to those toys as Andy did, because they were Andy's toys. These were toys that Bonnie inherited. Bonnie had her own toys. Right. Bonnie had her own toys that she'd even grown out of and got new toys. You know, so oh, Bonnie doesn't like hate these toys. It's like a conflict of just, identity. Yeah. Really. And it starts off with, like, the toys had their society, you know. Uh, Woody ran things and Buzz was, like, you know, the new guy in the force and stuff. And they were all friends. And now it's like the new, Bonnie's toys are like, well, okay, y'all just, you know, y'all are immigrants, you know. We're we going to let y'all exist in our society. You stay over there on the reservation. Oh, oh my God. Things got really yeah, too... Uh, yeah, they introduced that. They don't get too heavy-handed with it, which I did, which I did appreciate. But that's the thing that's there. I noticed. I'm just like, okay, that's that's what I got. Like, Toy Story got a little real, a little more real. Um, but now also, but they're Bonnie's toys, and what being a toy with a kid means is you exist to make that kid happy, support that kid, get that kid through their childhood. So when Bonnie has her first day at school, and she like, like starting school, mm-hmm. and uh, she's having trouble now. Woody takes it upon himself to make sure she has the best time possible. And that ends up introducing this new character, Forky, which then turns out to be, like, the main focus of the movie for a long time. That was very surprising. You know, because it's like, it kind of switches focus. Well, not not kind of. The movie does switch focus from the toys in their new uh, society, in the new existence, to, um, okay, now we're all about Forky. <laughs> we gotta make sure Forky... And Forky's not Forky's not bad. I like Forky. Forky seems like he's gonna be the most annoying thing in the world. Forky's actually kinda cute. Forky voiced by Tony Hale. Oh, okay. Was, yeah. Buster Blue from um 
from oh, okay. Story, uh, from from uh, oh, from they they got they got mm. the best guy for that. He's he, he's he's good. He's good for it. Lately, Dude. underneath the nerves, just underneath the skin. Oh yeah, no, the voice cast in this is <laughs> it was, it was, it was dope. It was it was choice. It was schwazadi. Um, dude, uh, I had a great time in this movie. I thought I was gonna, yeah, it's like the Toy Story 3 was perfect, why I'll make another one, eh. but I, I thought the same thing about, uh, Toy Story 3, like, yo, Toy Story 2 was solid, why I'll make another one, eh. you know, and it got me again, so I'm like, I'll go into this one, eyes open, and try not to be too hard on it. And some parts were a little disjointed, but it had a lot that, you know, really messed with me. You know, we, we, we all were just reminiscing about, you know, uh, things that affected you growing up. You know, I mean, it has that effect on people. You know, Gregory ought to be silent because he did nothing but, like, you know, read staunch, you know, uh, political textbooks and, you know, look up to uh, <laughs> Iacocca. So, uh, so, you know, so it was a rough childhood. <laughs> I mean, I actually um, think you make a really good point. I mean, coming off of Toy Story 2, I actually thought that there was still room for another story with three. No, okay. I agree with I that. Re I really did because, I mean, you know, it's 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 great that, you know, by four, it's like, oh, these, these, these toys still have purpose because mm -hmm. obviously they got passed to Bonnie. But like, you know, there's that subset of, you know, what happens to those toys that we don't invest in anymore when we grow up and mm -hmm. we no longer crave that connection with these things anymore. What happens to them? So like, I actually kind of like the fact that they played with like toy um, mortality oh, yeah. and what that what that means because oh, I think literally after that movie I was like oh I gotta go talk to some of my beanie babies that I have in hey, plexiglass hey. and like I'm sorry <laughs> I'm a horrible human and you, how dare you leave them there <laughs> displayed oh, like yep. property yeah yeah <sighs> but I'm just saying like this like I thought to gave gave us a nice lead into that darker sad aspect to one growing up and you know you know, leaving leaving that innocence and childhood behind in a way. Well, yeah, and, yeah. I feel like three was kind of inevitable because like, essentially yeah. they brought up what's going to happen when Andy grows up. Well, right. Well, like, it does happen. When I mean, Andy granted, grows up. I mean, in, in the way that life is kind of set up now, like a bunch of people who still have their their hobbies and their niches still find ways to bring some of that that nuance and that whimsy with them into their adult lives, but not all of it makes it. No, that's true. So I'm kind of glad that they, they went there. Oh, and yeah. yeah, they brought us right to that edge and then like, and we're gonna stop here. Cause mm. we know what happened with Old Yeller. People are still triggered by that. Right. <laughs> old Yeller, <laughs> Bambi. Yeah. You know what? Bambi's <laughs> easier to get over only because I realize they never actually give you time to process his mother's death. You, you don't at all That have scene time to was very it. just triggering. Just gunshot, quiet snow, fade to black and then happy flipping blooper. <laughs> it was like, okay. That's not how it works in real life? <laughs> no. And then several years later we get like a half made to TV movie of Bambi's dad just being, yeah, I'm a stag. Yeah. What up? Like, I'm just gonna find some I'm just, other... I'm on this stone. I'm right here. I'm your father. I'm just gonna find some <laughs> other chick to watch you because like, I'm uh, a dude and I don't do parenthood. It's like stag. You, you, know, you, know, you know what that is? That's, that's Shaft uh, 2019. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Bambi? I'm your daddy. You the comments I said, like, damn. I, mm. It's like, I've always been here watching from afar because I can't get too close. Yeah, it's like, word? He's like, I, I, honestly. I could have used the father figure, but this, nah, you was up there, you know, no, you no, surveying. No. That was real like, helpful. Thank from you. From this vantage point, I can see the dens of the six other families I have. So, <laughs> I can see your mom there, and there's it's like, over there. And... Damn, Bambi's dad was a Rolling Stone. Man. Yeah. Well, Actually, well, Toy Story Four harems? doesn't get that. Toy Story Four doesn't get do. into the harem territory. Thank goodness. <laughs> I'm glad Disney's uh, like you know. Let's not. Let's not go there. Do. Yeah. <laughs> Again. But, but, um, no, I, I, do, I do like a lot of what they did in Toy Story Four. I mentioned a couple of different storylines. There, there's more that they introduced in this than I think they've ever really done, including in the Buzz Lightyear cartoon show, hmm. which I did like an expanded universe. Well, no, um, like it's, 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 uh, it goes out of its way to show all different types of toys and toys in different life situations, including that's when we meet Gabby. Gabby, she's a toy that's actually in an antique store. You know, so a toy that oh, hasn't um, had the opportunity to be played. Oh, you with young millennial toys oh, with your oh, so killing like, of Applebee's. She's like like an old school like baby alive kind or kind of yeah. Situation. But oh she, my she, gosh. She, no, she's not that creepy. What they do with her is interesting <laughs> because no, she's I got. I mentioned I mentioned she's like the ringleader. She's got henchmen that are real creepy. You know what her henchmen are? 
Are those Key and Peele songs? Nah, what nah. Her henchmen are wayward ventriloquist dummies. Yeah, oh, I, I see that. Yeah, it was creepy as hell, you Oh! Those. They all look like Slappy. Yeah, no, y'all got like Howdy Doody and like the suit. No, that's no. worse. See, that just brought me back to that goof, that goosebump night of yeah, dummy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that kind of. Yeah, like yeah, They play up the creepiness. They do some good stuff. Because ventriloquist dummies are almost always creepy. Well, they don't have to be. I think they make them that way on purpose. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's anytime when you try to make something like convincingly humanoid, there's always a. It's either they'll be passable or they'll be terrible. I think that just comes with puppetry. Because, I mean, yeah. like, if you if you think about, like, the Muppets and stuff, like, that they whole... They purposely don't have human dimensions. Mm-hmm. Well, that, but also, like, when they're doing readings for, like, a show and stuff, like, if you're a car- if you you can't ever show a dead puppet. Like, yeah. it has to... Oh, yeah, no. Ever. Like, if, there's... If you just saw one just laying there You like can't. This, no. It would look disturbing. They have rules against it. You can never they have a dead, dead puppet. Well, that's good. It's always got to be... traumatize the poor children that came out for this recording before this broadcast the minute they were like, hey, Rainbow Connection! And then, and then the next, like, you know, Kermit... Oh, my God! Kermit's having a stroke! <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, I mentioned uh, Gabby's gang... But they introduce a bunch of other characters, including reintroducing Bo Peep. Yeah, Bo Peep. Uh, oh, back in this, voiced by Annie Pops. Yeah, complete um, character design. Yeah. Redesign, oh, right? I, I, I love what they do with Bo Peep now. Bo Peep's had Bo Peep's had some time to start a new life, and Bo Peep has had some new adventures. Oh, so no more big puffy skirt and like no. weird nah. bow staff. Like, how did that Bo, Bo work, Peep is though? ninja now. Okay, Bo, <laughs> Bo Peep is Bo Peep is Furiosa. That's who Bo Peep is. That was oh, not, crap. That, that was Jesus, wasn't she a lamp? She was a lamp, but she was a lamp that could come off the thing with her little uh, sheep, her little yeah, three one sheep. Yeah, but how did she sheep. now have pants? Like, how, like, well, no, she had underneath. Like a mold okay, okay, I'm, 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 I'm gonna stop you right there. Under, right there, under, right what you're doing is you, 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 you forgetting to spend, suspend your disbelief because we're talking about the movie enough. where talking toys. Well, no, I, I, but I saw her little peep costume. Was. Like, yeah, she had the like big Bowie skirt, but she had like a petticoat pair of pants well, see, on. I always thought that that was like you know formed. Like either she was molded or sculpted. Oh, okay, I see where you're, I see where you're yeah. going. Right, so well, I well, never well, assumed I, that I, that I could come off. I highly recommend you see <laughs> Toy Story 4 because you will see the upgrade that she's given herself. And, dude, I love the new toys they've had in this. Um, I appreciate, because I was ready to be like, oh, well, I see where they messed up now, that you get these different storylines. I've told you, like, uh, I've told you three of, I think, the five um, that are all in this movie. And that that's 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 real dicey, you know, a movie that tries to cover all those different storylines uh, all in one. It can get real disjointed and become just a really haphazard slapdash. You know, it could have felt like a complete cash grab. And it didn't. It's like they men they managed to meld most of them together. The politics and you know where you're you weren't Bonnie's toys originally. You know you're the new toys. You're the you're the I don't know interloper toys. That it's one like doesn't you're really... at the bottom of the pyramid. You have to pay your dues. Yeah, kind of like yeah, pretty much. That one doesn't really go anywhere, which uh, I was a little upset by. But you you know honestly the other the other the other storylines become so poignant and mesh together so well. Like I mean it it, it that that becomes like an afterthought. Uh, like 15 minutes after you know you're, you're you're away from that part of the story, and the comedy was there, the attention to, to like the different characteristics of the toys that we know were there, and I love how they take other toys. You meet a ton of other toys in this, like new toys and different characteristics of them that we know from other fair, from playing with the toys themselves, from their commercials even, are all brought in to uh, the, the movie. One of my favorite characters, who's probably going to be one of everyone's favorite characters, is this new cat called Duke Kaboom. Oh, is that Keanu Reeves? Yes, it is! Cat? Duke Kaboom, voiced by none other than Keanu Reeves. The Evil Knievel allegory. But okay. when they have him, since he's not Evil Knievel, and Evil Knievel is all American with the stripes and stuff, he's Canadian with the red, red and stuff. So but, like a Mountie. Yeah, but no, they, 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 they play that to some gags, which is solid. But also, like I mentioned, um, paying attention to... Okay, the Evil Knievel stunt cycle is notoriously one of the most misleading toys in the history of American like toy manufacturing. Well, no, it does not. Correct. Like every kid <laughs> wanted that, and they had the the uh, the toy with the drawstring, and you pull it, and it's supposed to do all it these tricks. Be. And the commercials had it doing like jumping off ledges and doing backflips and all this stuff. Yeah, and okay. I, uh, people that I know that I've actually talked to, and that have talked about this on on TV shows, sitcoms, in movies, and I love the seventies, eighties, those VH1 shows. <laughs> yeah, you really are. They would talk about how it wouldn't just like it's not like we in the eighties we had like the pullback cars mm. that you pull them back and they go. This was supposedly the first 
uh, iteration to those where you had the drawstring and you draw the string out. Yeah. It should have just it was been supposed a pull to go, back. And it would just yep. be like, and it would go. No. And then stop. Or you tried to bring on a ramp. It would either not make it all, all the way and like fall back or fall over or. <laughs> and, I, and I'm like. It's like they, commercials where it's just zooming through the air, just like. Yeah. And we had and those. Like, I mean, yeah. I remember every G.I. Joe toy. It's like, yeah, Joe Extreme. You know, and, you know things flying over ravines. It's... I don't have a ravine in my backyard. Right. Come on. You know now. what Let it's like? Remember the race cars with the infrared light? And you had to put the light on them. Yes, I to do. Go? <laughs> it was also bullcrap because um, they, they had tunnels in the freaking track. And so once the car went in the tunnel, it you can't. Yeah. You gotta like push it out, and like you literally had to keep hey, that light on it. The, the engineers back time. then were doing the best that they could. <laughs> the, right? uh, well, they go out of their way to emphasize how this has become a character trait of Duke Kaboom. How crappy those toys were, and how he's got like PTSD from it. <laughs> you know, they... Oh, he's living with the he's living with the guilt. Yeah, well, oh, they... of not being successful. Had an evil Knievel doll to do that. I figured with. they probably just couldn't get the license. Probably, probably not. Yeah. But you know what? I can't imagine why anybody wouldn't give the product license. Cause remember with Toy Story two, Mattel let up on that Barbie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they, because Barbie was supposed to be in the first one, mm-hmm. and they were like, "No, nah, we don't want Barbie in your little rinky dink and computer animated movie." Yeah, once those box oh. office results came in, and they were mm-hmm. like, "You can have all the Barbies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you our oh, most classic man. Barbie. Every Barbie." Um, one of my favorites is they have a collection of GI Joes in there. And they're, they're, I mean, their interaction is mostly like dialogue intensive, but it's like very specific to how G.I. Joe's would have been represented in like, the I'm like, yo, that's what's up. It's, what up? It just occurs to me. I'm like, hmm, original Toy Story, those were all real toys, except for Woody. Was Andy's probably, yeah. family really poor? Because those were oh, old toys. Like, yeah, the original Mr. Potato Head was actually a potato. But granted, he had a Mrs. Potato Head, and she didn't release until some years after the initial oh, yeah. release of... Uh, oh, snap! Rebut! Essentially, Mr. Potato Head was just the face pieces, and you got your own potato, to make and you it stuck whatever. them in the potatoes. Okay, so, I mean, so I should guess, so I guess Mr. Potato Head was more just till... Potato Head, because it, it was, was genderless. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it wasn't necessarily... Yeah, it, was it wasn't until person. like what the 1970s that the plastic body showed up. Wasn't Barbie made out of chocolate? No. Okay. Um, so Toy Story 4, dude, this won me over. And you mentioned um, Key and Peel. Uh, Keegan Michael Key and Jordan 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 and Jordan Peel. Oscar Wilde, Jordan Peel. Yes, he do is. actually provide uh. a couple of voices in this. They play Ducky and Bunny, and these are two characters you meet in a carnival. Like mm-hmm. I said, all different types of toys. And I thought they'd be annoying. Oh, I thought it'd be like carny toys. Yeah, but also, oh, like the toys would be carnies. Like, yeah, like if they're at a carnival, and I would, I would have thought that. And then on the act about not about the game being rigged. Yeah, like, (laughs) oh my god, they could have totally had some commentary on that. (laughs) But like, nobody's gonna win us. (laughs) (laughs) I like them. They provide a good amount of comic relief. I was, I was kind of, yeah, hold up, what's going on? Because their first appearance is a little like mud flapping skids from, oh. from Transformers. So it's like I thought it was about to get real coonish real quick, oh. and they, 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 they avert that, like after the first couple of scenes. But, but it's, it, it's, it's dicey for like the first like minute and a half. So just a heads yes. up. Yes. But they come Maybe around, and then they actually end up providing some of the best comedy towards the end of the movie. Dude, it's just like, I am surprised I had such a good time in this because, like I said, this felt like one of those movies where it's like, yo, the last one was so perfect, why y'all won't do a thing? And Toy Story 4 is a thumbs up for me. And I walked out like, yo, it got me, including, I mean, when it got a little, it got a little choked up. I'm not, I'm not God, ashamed to say, misty, you got a little there, there, was, there was a manly tear shed that day. I mean, you know? it's but, you know what? It, Men I, are allowed I, I was, to cry. It's not the only thing. Your tears are valid. Thank you. They are. <laughs> um, all right, I'm, I'm going to kick it over to uh, to Gregory here. Greg, give us some of your impressions on SNK. Okay. The anniversary, 40th anniversary collection. It's been 40 years, y'all. Man. Yeah. So SNK 40th anniversary collection is published by SNK Corporation, and the American publisher is Digital Eclipse. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. It's a collection of 25 games for the Xbox and 24 for other consoles, so Steam, um, PlayStation. Wait, why, 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 why just 24? What, what are they denying the uh, 
the other people the xbox had an exclusive so also. that's what i was wondering myself too i don't know how xbox negotiated this deal but yeah they got an extra game so if you get it on xbox you do get an extra game that you don't get on other consoles so that's a good plus right. microsoft has pictures of somebody They're like no we don't get that extra <laughs> yeah they seem to be doing a lot a lot of exclusive stuff um they also have um, a game that hasn't been released in arcades yet on the collection. Mm-hmm. So you get one of those, if you're like one of the people who actually spend time in arcades, you'll play games still that you haven't seen before. Oh, dude, what game? Oh. Um, yeah. It starts with a C. It's like uh, Cyber something. It's an interesting game. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was like supposed to be released in the 80s, but um, something happened with development and it never got released. Oh, so this was like a historical game that was targeted for arcade release. Yep. We could have been pumping quarters in this, like, Easter ah, egg. Yep, it's a little Easter egg, yep. So they, they was able to find it, and they produced it on the the finished product. So you get to play, even though you would have never got to play back in the day. Okay. So oh. that's a really interesting thing. Nostalgia that never was. Yeah, and that's what this sums up this game is nostalgia. It's, like, all nostalgia. So you have a huge museum section, and it explains every detail of every game. So, like, the art design, how the game meant to be played, how the people creating the game thought of the ideas for it. There was one that was really interesting because it's like a little ninja game, like a guy who's on the floor, you're moving left to right, and there's tree branches, which I didn't know what tree branches at first. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, I don't know what this game is supposed to be. The art design was a little, it was a little confusing because you know it's old. You got like, you got like what, what? An ethereal arm is coming down <laughs> to judge you. Day of reckoning. So it's interesting. Like, no, it's just a tree. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It looked confusing at first. I'm thinking like, is this some kind of decrepit temple or something? But it's no, it's trees. You're in a forest. So there's like branches on the side, and you see like bad design. To me, it's like, it's like, <laughs> like what's that? Is that some kind of horrible monster? No, it's a tree. No, it's a dead wall master. Too. Oh, there you <laughs> go. It's a dead yeah. wall master. It's just hanging. It's like, what do you got? Oh my God, it's a death eater. No, it's just, a, it's just a, that's a, that's a birch that's tree. A you tree? all right? It's like, yeah. <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what you sums up how I think in playing these games. Yeah. Right. Like the art designs, I'm confused all the time, but like I'm still playing through them because, you know, arcade games, I always sucked at them. So you get fresh quarters every time. You get yeah. to restart when you die. And the game has a rerun function. So anytime you die, you make a mistake, you just press, I think it's like L2 or something like that, and you rewind back. Okay. So you can redo any mistakes that you make. So for me, who sucks at arcade games all the time, I was using that <laughs> every right. five seconds. Wait, wait, wait. Let me ask you, is that like Prince of Persia where they make that a yes. mechanic so yes. you can feel, at least feel a little <laughs> yes. good about yourself? Okay, because if it's like, if I, if, I, if I acknowledge, yeah, I stopped and had to rewind and stuff. <laughs> the Rare like, Collection yeah, did the exact same thing. Yeah, okay, this is this, this is the first endeavor of that type of uh, setup. Like, Rare uh, did this uh, yeah, a couple years back collection. with their collection of games that everyone forgot why they hated. Um, back when I love Rare. Yo, and then you play yeah, I oh, did yeah. too back then. And then Viva Pinata forever. Trouble in Paradise. When I bought the Rare Collection, thinking back on how much I love this dope ass game, Perfect Dark. And I'm oh. like, yo, man, it's like. And then you boot it up and you're like, oh. I'm like, oh. Yeah, I'm still. I'm still yep. stuck. I can't. Okay, hold on. I, 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 let, me, let me open. I'm trying to open this door, but. Okay, hold on a second. <laughs> Alright, walk out of here. Oh my god, I was shot by the guy that's three fools down. Well, because he do found not. a hole in the this clipping. Alright, sorry. Uh, but yeah, it's like that sometimes that nostalgia it doesn't always, it doesn't always shine. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And some of the games there's definitely still glitches that like will never get fixed out, so I ran into those all the time. Aww. So <laughs> that was the one that, that was part of the nostalgia. It the is part rage. Of nostalgia. I would like want that to be fixed because I I don't want to have nostalgia yeah. about my rage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like if I rage quit a game because of a glitch that was prominent that stopped me from beating a level, if I years later get the it just game, bubbles back up and manifests. And I'm like, I'm gonna throw the system out. Of <laughs> just have the rage resurface. <laughs> rage is real. Well, I've, I've done that, man. It's like, yo, kids don't know, and I'm I don't I don't mean it's like one of those. Well, you millennials with your participation trophies. We're older millennials. Kids now can play the same games and on emulators that we had to pay money for each time. So right. they yeah. wouldn't understand yeah. how frustrating it was when your that last quarter you had from like the two that your parents gave you yeah. to take up a day. You got two? Yeah. That was right. nice. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, you would have that much limited gameplay and then you would have to go back and ask your mm-hmm. parents like, for more money to continue. You'd have to, to go continue. rake some more leaves, the, do the some more dishes. Yeah. Like, so In ten biggest... seconds, because that countdown clock, right. you want to continue? Yeah. Ten, <laughs> nine, oh eight. I was God. super excited the first time their parents gave them five dollars. 
dollars at the arcade. You got five. You got five dollars. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Was, was, was it your birthday? I don't even remember why I got five dollars. Um, it might not have been my birthday specifically, but I think a bunch of people went to Chuck E. Cheese, and so. Oh, that Chuck E. Cheese trip was. Yeah, that was like they can't actually can't match the um the uh the natural gaming prowess of Whack a Mole, but how did you find? Uh, SNK 40, uh, uh, damn it, just what's it called, brother? <laughs> the SNK 40th anniversary. Thank you. Did this touch, uh, you know, this that tickle that nostalgia spot for you? Yeah, definitely did. Um, I would say it's the most fun I've had playing like Galactica type of games because it was like five or six or seven of them. Power ups are all different, speed of play is different. So I definitely got hooked on a couple of them. A couple of them is just because, like, you know, I'm so used to failing so early. When I finally got to like level two or level three, I'm like, whoa, this game's pretty good. <laughs> like it's, oh, yeah, it's a lot yeah. different than yeah. I would have expected. They had from to give you real low expectations because they knew you weren't gonna, <laughs> you weren't gonna make it. Oh, that's what it seemed like. Well, that's that's, that's the thing. That's the thing I, I didn't realize. Like when you go back and play those games, you actually advance beyond when you like would be stopped when you were a kid. Mm -hmm. Like a whole new world. Yeah. 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 Oh, snap. Yeah. It'll also ruin it for you because like, oh man, Kung Fu has a second has a second floor. <laughs> <laughs> and you get up there and you just like foot sweeping, but now they got birds hitting yeah. in your face. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You die pretty quick once you get to the higher levels. Because you're like, yeah, they didn't expect you to get there anyway, so they're just like, well, we're going to turn up the notch. Yeah, dude. No, it was smart because all that, all that effort went into the first level. Because kids will never have enough quarters to get past the, 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 the second and third, right? And then when you get to those, say, like the rest of the game is garbage, just hot trash. Just fresh, farm fresh garbage chips all day. Just it's very organic just trash. Just sprinkled on there like mm -hmm. like holy water. Just just just, just they, they bless the games with garbage. <laughs> all right, so so what, what what systems is available for? Or is it home console? Yeah, Xbox, Steam, um, PS4, and I think Nintendo Switch is coming. Oh, what, what's the uh, right. what's the price point? Um, twenty five. Okay, 25 not bad. Already? Yeah. That's not bad, That's but not bad. but I, I think you should get a taste of those games first before you go back and and you know like make sure you're not looking at them with like those, those rose tinted nostalgia glasses. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, and you would recommend this? Yeah, I would. I would definitely. Yeah, it's a fun play. I had fun playing through the games, and I never played any of them before, so. All right, that's what's up. All right, so it's SNK the 40th anniversary collection. All right, so recommend, highly recommended, apparently, from, from Capital G. Yeah. All right. Now, y'all want to hear about Jen? Sure. Yes. This right here is a new um, Netflix TV series. Uh, pretty short run, actually. This ran more along the lines of like a BBC release schedule. Uh, you know where what? Where it's like five episodes rather it than the eight or ten. It was a web series, apparently, originally. That was the product model. Oh, it was okay. a web series. Okay, I'll probably explain it then. Yeah. This was a, it was a really short season. It like definitely in... Yeah, everything about the way it was done mm -hmm. makes sense that it was a web series yeah. opposed to a full TV show that was like supported by a network. Cause it's also a joint project with a with another studio. Mm -hmm. All right, Amanda, you were familiar with this, right? So I thought that this was going to tie into an anime series of the same name, mm -hmm. but um, completely different polar opposite and I don't I don't know if they're gonna somehow try to tie it in because I mean they're both named the exact same thing but I don't think so well, what's the anime series? so 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 the anime the anime that I'm thinking about is also called Jin but it was more of a war psycho um, like medical experiment gone awry that caused people to be pseudo immortal with abilities that they weren't aware they'd have until they had been killed you just threw out a lot of buzzwords. I went all cross-eyed. Yeah, I like yeah. Went, I feel like you went like Elfin lied me yeah. on yes, Highlander. Yes, it sounded yes. like, like you described Buckaroo Banzai. Okay, we, we got rock stars and aliens and um, one of them is no, a ninja Elf also. No, Elfin lead is a really good one scene. to pull in because, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, here are these girls that have these really weird abilities and also weird horns and invisible hands and also they're infantile, sort of. I don't know. But mm. Jin's a little bit different. Yeah, um, yeah, I, th I think so. Yeah, oh, oh. <laughs> but, but, so. but the the big what's going on moment kind of happened but I thought this was going to tie into to this a bit but it's completely different and I actually feel like I like this premise far more than that anime okay but I mean right. you guys watched it so yes. maybe maybe you could sell me on this or not oh, all, right. <laughs> all right well it, it does sound pretty different um the story the the story of the Netflix uh Jin TV series is a group of kids uh go on a um a school trip 
And when that trip itself goes, you know, way left, and I mean way left, like it seems like you go and thinking, oh, I guess they're gonna discover something that they're gonna take back home. And oh God! What oh well, that's I didn't I didn't see that coming. When it goes like really just completely awry, uh, some of the students suspect there's supernatural forces that are you know all up in the mix and stuff. Yeah. And it turns out they are correct. Yes. Um, but not quite the way we're led to believe. The trailers told a completely different picture than uh, the story here. Because now we're watching a, a story of uh, how these kids that are now haunted by some supernatural beings, uh, how it falls on them to pretty much like save the human race. But the trailers played this. At, oh, well, actually, you had a similar impression. You want to tell uh, folks what impression you got from the trailers? I'll be fair. If you only watched the first trailer. Mm -hmm. I get what you mean, like, yeah. about it not setting up what you're, this, the story that the trailer kills isn't necessarily the story that plays out in the um, show, mm -hmm. but there are actually three other trailers, if you go into the extras of on Netflix, mm -hmm. that align a little closer to what you actually see, but even then, I feel like they used every special effect shot that happens in the show in the trailers to make oh. it look more magical. Oh, they peaked too soon. Oh, uh, not even, yeah. not even. They, they they painted a very specific picture. And that's they what, jumped that's what the shark before the shark had <laughs> Yeah, that's what pulled me in. Um, what, this, what this essentially is, is it's the story of, uh, of a collection, a group of uh, teenagers all from Jordan, and they all go to the same prep school. And the main character is the one we follow throughout most of this. We're talking about Mira. Um, Mira is a girl. She's got friends. She's got a kind of yeah, relationship with her dad, and she lost her mother at some point before and the her series. Brother. And her mother and her brother before the series. Um, so she's kind of like the girl who's more about friends than family, and this is how she exists in the world. Her friends, however, have a whole lot of soap opera drama between them. There's yeah. like relationships yeah. that are broken. There's like one dude who has a secret that he's trying to hide, and there's another dude who's like, well, he's always hanging around with teachers. This dude a snitch. And then you find out, no, the snitch just has his own, you know, personal problems that he's talking with the teacher. But the other kids don't know this. So, you know, the other dude's like, nah, yo, we got to make sure he shuts his mouth. You know, it's like all that's in, in this group of, like, kids. It's like, okay, so I guess this is going to be a little more uh, revolving around them. And it is. But I guess, okay, so one of them going to get powers, right? That's where this is going. It's going to get ill. No. Turns out there's a couple of genies that have been released on this trip by, I don't really know what they did. They kind of... Yeah, they, they do. It just happens. They do tell you, like, wow. uh, yeah. but at the same time, I'm like, I don't, I'm not 100% sure this was shown as much as you're telling me. It was it not was. shown. And I watched Rewound and watched that. I, yeah, I, I, I um, paid essentially, attention. Essentially, there are summoners for the gins. Like, that's okay. the, the cruise of the situation, <laughs> is that that's what starts things off. Um, there was somebody summoned the djinn and then the second djinn showed up because essentially he asked for help and another person answered and that made them a summoner. Mm, yeah and technically we, we we see like five or six of these different ones and supposedly they're just yeah, I mean this is regular ass coming together it's like hey I'm here uh, now because you brought me here someone help me okay know, I'll come and help <laughs> yeah <laughs> I expected this to be like some cool supernatural stuff where we see like you know kids and beautiful powers battling each other and flinging like yeah, you know not, fireballs not so and much. sand bombs and you, you saw kids you know get flying some, and blowing some eyes snake and, eyes like, the kid got some snake eyes oh uh, that happened sorry I was like his eyes became number ones on d6s <laughs> <laughs> they just I mean kind of <laughs> But uh, like, I, like I, actual snake eyes. I, yeah. I, I, I appreciate you want the extra nerdy route on that right. one. It wasn't just you roll the bones. It was just like, <laughs> just, all right. You know, um, like, because apparently jinns and their summoners have some sort of affinity for each other. Yeah, they have like a life bond type type situation. Like BFF, soulmate. Nah, a little, nah, all nah, of it. Nah, like, um, you summon me. You won't hit this. But if you hit it's, this, you hit this for life. Think My about life, not yours. Your life is over. Think but, um, Think of it like soul tie. It's, it's, it's like, like soul bonding. Okay, okay. Alrighty then. It's like oh, soul, soul bonding through your junk. <laughs> yeah. So That it was did a... not happen. <laughs> hey. Okay, story I got from the subtitle version was uh, our boy Yasin was offered uh, to smash, and that's how he would lose... Well, well, I'm, I'm going to the ultimate smasher pass. I'm going to spoil the territory. What this came down to was it promised one thing, it delivered another. Um, I, I was going to give this a thumbs down, but now that we've talked it out, I actually realized that I'm not the audience for this, 
and a lot of it may have been cultural. Maybe. And considering that it's cultural and that the government is trying to shut this show down. Yeah, they are, yeah. Because um, apparently all the depictions of, of teenagers drinking and swearing yeah. and, and smoking. And trying to have the premarital Try. sex. Because they have way different censorship rules. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I cancer like, culture I, I is just like... kind of prevalent right now. Someone doesn't like something, they're going to write about it. You know, the whole good omens. Christian was like, get that off of Netflix. And Netflix is like, okay, we'll cancel it. It's an Amazon show. They have no power over <laughs> canceling it. But sure, okay. It makes you feel better. <laughs> if they had hired some, maybe some voice actors or something, but yeah, no, the dub is not good. I would not, I would say the show is interesting enough, but the, don't, don't watch the dub. Uh, Jins are trying to smash. <laughs> Yo, yes they are. <laughs> Not enough development in the relationships. Maybe you if there was. You just want to see someone get down with a ghost, don't you? No. Just... Maybe if there was. Well, wait, people are they ghosts? So no, no, they're, they're not ghosts. They're supernatural beings that have inhabited uh, children. I'm sorry to cut you off. Yeah. But we've actually uh, just about right a lot of time. Okay, so, Panda? Yeah, I'm yeah. here to redeem myself. All right, and how did you redeem yourself? What did you play? So we, we played Void Bastards on the Xbox One. Separately, obviously, but together in spirit and soul. Sure. Yeah. And I really found this to be kind of, for me, a palate cleanser of a game. It, it's got roguelike tendencies to it, which I really like, because I'm a glutton for punishment. Like, I played Demon Souls 20 times. Oh, full play, like, I'm a... On purpose? Yes. <laughs> I Dark Souls, all those, all those games that brutally punish you for so real nice. stuff. I'm all about that. So you're playing like Cuphead on Extreme. I'm not. I'm not that good. I'm gonna get there, but I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. But no, Cuphead no, is. There yet. That's that's the. the Cuphead is a is a mastery professional skill. Mm. That game tests patience, and believe it or not, Vo uh, Void Bastards also kind of does the same thing. Um, in the games I'm used to playing, outside of the games that beat me up mentally and emotionally and I'm down for, I generally am a, you know, if I'm doing a shooter type game, first person shooter, I'm a spray and uh, pray kind of girl. Okay. Like, if I got all the bullets, I'm using all the bullets, I'm using all the bombs, and then I'll punch you in the face once I don't have any more ammo. Like, that's just kind of the way that I am in you know game. You're the person that, like, you're shooting, you're shooting, you're shooting, you run out of ammo, and you would like to throw the gun now, wouldn't you? <laughs> yes. Yes, um, I am totally that type, and this game really, like, it tells you in its in its tagline and everything to not to think of it as a traditional first-person shooter, because literally, you are item-managing your, your inventory, your bullets, your food, your fuel, um, and, I mean, it also kind of pulls you out of that, because you are literally a packet of goo that gets... <laughs> reanimated into a prisoner so in this galactic system there's this junker ship uh the void ship where all these criminals have been soylent greened and compressed down oh, no. they freeze dried like in batman Free yeah. where you gotta you gotta add to the you gotta You're add like water to the power to get it and you got a politician hey yeah it starts Not you off with limited resources because the reason your ship is out in the void you're in the void ship is because your ship broke down it's a, it's a prison transport ship and they're like well you know we could go out of our way to you know get the ship but that's a lot of work and it's like in know, order to do that to we lunch. need we need so a printer and an id you. so if you can get those things you'll be good yeah but they just it's, left these out there so now it yeah. falls on the goo and the prisoners to to do this mm -hmm. and you have to really be tactful because there are enemies that literally in the loading screens will tell you, hey, don't don't mess with that guy. Those, I think they're called screws. And they're pretty much like big heat. You got those lousy screws! Yeah. All right, go <laughs> You know, they're like, yeah, don't, don't fight them because they will hurt you. And they do. <laughs> they do hurt you. Um, so there's a lot of stealth involved also. You know, and the whole point is you're supposed to be navigating through all of these potentially through these ships, choosing which ones you need, because you know, you might use all your food and if you don't feed yourself, you will starve and die. Mm -hmm. And when you're, when that client, whoever you're, that player character dies that you're playing, just another one gets regooped and oh, sent back out. And everything that you've created, like, cause you're scavenging parts to make other um, usables for your journey, those stay. That's the roguelike elements where it's yeah. like your you, you, you are expendable. But your stuff, not. it's for the next person. And, and you have this kind of cheeky slash kind of crass AI. Oh, yeah, no, that guy can eat it. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. He's just like, 
yeah, sorry about the mess. The janitors just, they don't care. Mm. And, <laughs> and I'm like, sure, okay, cool. They give them the most, the most like, just pompous, it is a very pompous a- voice. accent too. Just he's I he's, mean, he's relishing you, in your pain. Are you supposed to hate it? it? I mean, hate's not the word I have for it, but I'm just like, I don't need you to tell me how to live my life. I don't need except, you commenting on the live right. commentary. Well, I stub you know, my toe here, baby. <laughs> I think I think the game play can run between 12 and 15 hours, and I mean, and that's I'm imagining if you know what you're doing. Um, I've probably played about four at this point. I oh, think you I'm, play pretty quick. I, yeah, you gotta. I, I spent some time exploring the world. Really taking it. Well, because at first I was like, I'm going to hit every ship. And then I went to one ship that was like, hey, this is like a luxury ship. There's a lot of food here, but there's a whole bunch of those screw guys here. And I have four bullets. Yeah. And I was like, do I stealth it? No. Sorry, Amanda, I'm just, I'm just better than you. Uh, so what happens is when you... <laughs> no, I, I, I took my time and explored, like, the environments and the rooms. One thing that's really cool that I found is, like, the different rooms have, like, different functions. So mm-hmm. it's like, some of them can be used for tactical purposes, some of them can be used yeah. to replenish you. And you can connect to the computers and get, like, uh, um, intel on, on where, where all the enemies are on the map. Yeah, that was tight. That was a nice mechanic. They yeah. all have like a particular ability. Yeah, I thought that was cool, you know. it's like, And some of them are detriments too, like the smoker, he... The smoker, uh, dude. Every, he, every couple minutes, you... <coughs> it's, it's like, yo, I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to be stealthy. I got this. I got, I got a whole system set up. I'm going to sneak by here. I'm going to very stealthily like go around the wall. I'm going to create, create a diversion yeah. down there and then coffee. through this door. And the second I duck down... <coughs> You only have so much oxygen, so there's a room, an atmosphere room, where you can go and replenish it, and it's actually kind of your timer, so you have so much time before your air runs out and you die, so you have to, like, you're time managing several different things, because you're managing your items, you're managing your health, you're managing your oxygen, and then when you're traveling the world, you're managing your fuel, you're managing your, so, like, some of the things you can get in the rooms are, you can get oxygen boosts, Yeah. you know, it's not just replenish, but you can get, like, more oxygen you can hold now to give you longer uh, time to, like, explore the level or fight these guys or whatnot, you know, get ammo and based on the criminal that you are, when you regoup, you might get an additional bonus, like, I had one guy who, he could just automatically see all the baddies on the map. So I was like, oh, and I could tell what types they were. So I'm like, all right, these are the little juvies. And they all sound like they have, like, Cockney accents, like they're from England, and, like, they're all uppity. And they're like, oh, you're Tulsa. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, whoa. Like, don't mind me just grabbing this rusty rusty sandwich, this very non-appetizing food. Nothing hygienic about that. That's been on the floor. That's been under a table. That's been like, that's like, like I mean, that's just laid on someone's desk. Like, but, like, and like, we should like never describe food as rusty. Yeah. <laughs> but like, it definitely looks like, you know, it's, it looks like a prop sandwich. And you're like, oh, I have to eat that? All. I'd rather eat Soylent Green. So maybe eating on a dare. But, um, I like that. I, um, one of the things that uh, I came across, did you, did you get, did you get the, uh, the colorblind? Uh, the colorblind I have not gotten him yet, no. Okay, no, it's a woman. Um. And they use I've that. Like, it's, it's, it's colorblind, so it, it gives you a detriment on some of the on some of like the uh, the puzzles and things you have to solve and interact with. But it's they treat colorblind like blind blind. So she's got like heightened senses, oh, so you can like neat. hear. No, I haven't had her yet. Points of the map, and it's kind of like like a radar thing. It's, it's pretty cool. But uh, uh, it's got, got a nice comic book aesthetic, which oh, I, I really I really liked. And actually, the the parts that are voiced over in the beginning intro are very much like a comic. Like a block of text will come up, and you're seeing people discuss. And I'm like, ah. Oh. I'm like, I like that. That's like a night, and it opens you up like you're reading a comic book mm-hmm. of, of these unfortunate souls that are being pretty much redshirted out into the abyss yeah. to survive. Complete and that's with a set like panels, complete with like little uh, uh, comment blocks mm-hmm. and such. And then your UI is it's really complex, but it's really functional and really freaking cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, I completely enjoyed this, and this is not normally the type of tactical shooter game that I'm prone to want to jump into, and as I'm playing it, my husband's like, that's totally a game I would play. I'm like, well, you can't, because it's on my account, so eat it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> here's the love. You, you, he's got steam, he's fine. Oh, he could, he could get cold. it, he's good. Get off, get off, get off it. All right, I'm going to freeze from now on. Um, but this was definitely like a palate cleanser for me. I'm like, oh, I could see myself jumping back in this and like really trying to up my stealth game. Like, because it really makes you, you know, you can't just run and gun and hope you're going to make this through. Like, you really have to be thinking about, ooh, I want to lure this bad guy over here and push him through the airlock. I want to, you know, 
hopefully headshot the three janitors who are generally fairly weak, but they're fast. So you want to pop them before you even, and I mean, I was crouching the whole time. Like I didn't sprint. I was just like, easy does it. All right. You didn't get the short guy? No, I have not gotten short oh, okay, yet. Okay, what the short guy can do is, you can't you can't see through those windows and stuff. That's a detriment. <laughs> but because he doesn't have to crouch, and all, he can just run like non-stop. Oh, I have not had short yet. Yeah, he so. can run like non-stop and like, you know, no, he's never, he's never like coming up for air, so to speak. Dude. And it's kind of tight. I mean, Grant, no. we just still got to see you, like, through that window or, you know, over <laughs> that table because the robot's there and he's just, like, you know. Oh, God, the freaking, oh, those freaking turrets, man. And, like, it is it is very, um, I think it's very approachable in terms of how you play the game, mm -hmm. which I like. It affords um, opportunities for different types of gameplay, too. Yeah. Because I did I, I did try, like, the, the stealthy, you know, well, I got to. Make sure I go through here. Yeah, I'll just go and, really know, slow. Right. I won't and run that, and cause any attention or that, noise. That gets really boring after a while. So sometimes it's like, Nah, man, I got it's these like, guns. Let's do this. Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> click, 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 click. Oh, I only had eight oh, bullets. Whoops. Yeah. So, so, so they uh, worked that strategy in there. Bro. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, it's, it's cool stuff. Like I was locking doors, like left and right. Oh so man, like, literally like, one whole thing. I'm like, loot all the stuff. Lock the door. Yeah, Loot lock, all stuff. Lock the door. No, I found I found you can go old school and like you know it's like oh you see me I guess you got me. Oh no! Ah, I'm, I'm in this room. Come get me. You work your way around when you can. You, yeah. Sometimes this can bite you in the ass, but when you can play it right, like go back and you lock them in and then you trap them. Yeah. You can either like you know like just spray them down. Certain, or certain types can't. Ammo, some of them just, are so dumb they can't unlock doors. So once you yeah. trap them, they're stuck until you un you release them. Yeah, locking and then, doors is your friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because then, granted, there are some ships that you can't lock doors, so like, every, like the open door policy. I hate those I ships. Them. Hate them. Everything <laughs> more complicated. But but yeah, like for for a jump out of my normal, like this was completely fun. I definitely see myself picking this back up multiple times over, and I see myself wanting to rechallenge my ability to think through a situation that is not great going in, which I really like because you you're not. The idea is. You are boned from the start. How how far can you get until you're ultimately boned? And that's kind of what it it's does. It's the ultimate bone. The ultimate. I'm like, yo, this was. No, me. I'm like, I want to build. I want to build all the things. I want to have all the guns. I want to shoot all the janitors okay, well, in the well, face. Wait, what was your favorite gun? Do you have a favorite gun? Uh, so far, I. The one that you start with, I have that beefed up. Right. But there's a there's a pulse gun. I hate it. The one where like you you're holding your trigger down for at least four seconds before it yeah, shoots, you, you gotta do the thing. and like, I'm like, like, no, when something's charging at me, I need to go boom boom pow right now, <laughs> not boom boom pow later. Yeah, imagine if you were stuck in like the Mega Man, the Mega Man uh, bu uh, bu Buster Charge mode, where it's like oh, you no. you have to like build up. Yeah, no. Well, I mean, no. Nope. It works that strategy. You can't be like in someone's face when they come at you. You got to make sure you come around corners and be all. You know, uh, be all be all creepy. And I like that we have. <laughs> there are devices that you can use that can help stun like uh, security for so many minutes or you could um, like impede the movement of someone so you can get around them like they they give you a lot of tools to help navigate the space however you think you could best take overtake yeah, so I like, I like that, that each ship is different so yeah. each ship has different accoutrements and different detriments the the, uh, the puzzle not the puzzles the um like the traps and uh, and the environmental hazards are like Interactive. Some ships will have. It's not just like arbitrary. Like, yeah. oh, every ship has, you know, a no. little robot and guns. You know, some ships are just like really derelict. So you, you you've got like leaks that are like yeah. dropping corrosive stuff on you. Yeah. You know, some of them have like. Or you, or you sit in some sit in some ink too long and you're super slippy and like you can't like, you can't gauge down the hallway the right way. So as you're running, you slip so you don't have your sight in the right place. So like you miss that shot that you really kind of need to not miss. Yeah. I feel like they had as much fun with the detriments as they did, did with, with the... the benefits. And just for the record, my favorite gun is the staple gun. Oh, That's... no. Yes. No. Yes. Yo, they got this gun. It's a staple gun. <laughs> okay, it's, it's a staple gun, right? You think, oh, like a regular staple gun. They made a new weapon or something. No, it's a shotgun. A shotgun that shoots a cloud of staples. staples. <laughs> just wow. I'm like, yo, that's dope. The most yeah. legit kill would be if they had animation that when you shot somebody, they like pinned to the wall. Yeah. Like. <laughs> this has been the Geek Down. I want to thank you all for joining us for another awesome show. Dude, we covered a lot of good stuff, and I want to thank you all for joining us and coming all the way out, traveling distances. 
I mean, thanks, Uber. Yeah, that. <laughs> um, also, if you want to check out Eshcast, where can they track y'all down? So you can find us on any podcast aggregate. We have our own website, electrosisterhood.com. We also have a Facebook presence over at Land of Esh. I'm the community manager there, so you can say hi. I will probably say hi back. I'm pretty good like that. Um, we are going to be recording our very last Esh episode fairly shortly because we're moving into a different direction. Uh-huh. New, better, interesting. Gotta, gotta break some new ground. It's time. You know, so we're going to be doing that, but there'll be more information on that on our Facebook page, the Land of Esh site. So come, come say hi, listen to a show or two, tell me how weird I am. I mean, it's true. So, but come have a good time. All right, cool, cool. And once again, I want to thank Gregor for joining us. All right, I want to thank Shane and Shay. We got, we got, we got a thing. It's going to be like. And want to thank you all for joining us again for another episode. Also, if you heard anything on this show you want to chime in on, hit us up at geekdownradio at gmail.com. Or, dude, find us on social media. We're on uh, Facebook at slash The Geek Down. Um, Twitter at The Geek Down. iTunes is not a thing anymore. But Apple Music, you'll find us there. <laughs> and, dude, I mean, SoundCloud, Geek-Down. Just go to the website, geek-down.com, and find all the good stuff there. And we'll catch you all next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. But until then, be excellent to each other. Peace. <laughs>